Side Hustle Show 102. This is zero to 50K a month email marketing hacks for entrepreneurs and audience builders. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's happening? Nick Wilkins here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 102, email marketing hacks for entrepreneurs and audience builders. And we'll hear how my guest, Dan Fagella, used these tactics to grow his business in the martial arts industry uh, from zero to 50K a month and beyond. Now we're talking uh, list building from scratch, connecting with power players in your industry, Dan's autoresponder scripts, and more. So, uh, so last week, like I said, a little bit soft, right? Um, not not necessarily what we're used to on the show, but we're back with the uh, with the meat and potatoes in a big way on this call. So all my notes and highlights uh, from the episode, along with Dan's top email marketing action ninja tips, are available to you in a free downloadable PDF at sidehustlenation.com slash 102 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Uh, news and updates before we get into it. Uh, you know, just thank you so much for your nominations and your votes in uh, in the podcast awards. So I'm off to Vegas in a couple weeks for New Media Expo and uh, and the award presentation that takes place during the show. So if you're in town for the conference, which is April 13th through 16th, or or if you just happen to live in the Vegas area, um, you know, definitely let me know. I would love to uh, get together for a, for a bit, hang out, talk shop, uh, grab a beer or something. Um, and actually heading back from Phoenix this afternoon from another conference, I was invited to uh, an Infusion conference, Infusionsoft conference, I should say, on a, on a press pass, which is the first time for me to ever be considered press. I'm not uh, an Infusionsoft customer, but perhaps uh, perhaps one day I, I will be. So very nice of those guys to, uh, to fly me out, put me, um, you know, put on a good show. Um, and, and actually today, is, uh, is is my anniversary. It's our anniversary, April 2nd. So, Brynn, if you're listening, happy anniversary. Um, I don't, she, she doesn't normally listen to the show, so we uh, we can talk about her all we want. Um, we, we started dating in 1999, so we're up to uh, 16 years, as I like to call it. This is the, uh, this is the halfway mark, the 50% anniversary. As I'm 32, Two, yes, thirty-two, going on thirty-three. Uh, we've now been been together for half of our uh, half of our lives. Uh, all right, mushy stuff is over. Let's uh, let's get on with the action. Hey, Dan, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thanks, Nick. Glad to be here, brother. So, everybody, Dan is the founder of clvboost.com and scienceofskill.com. He's uh, he's an expert online biz and marketing guy. And um, we're going to be talking about some email marketing hacks this uh, this morning, and, and and it's probably a good place to start. So he sent me an email, and somewhere in that email, he's like, "Oh, I make fifty grand, real real casual. I make fifty grand a month selling martial arts training videos." And he goes on to talk about all this other stuff. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, <laughs> that you got my attention, buddy. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's talk about that. The fifty grand uh, a month that might not that might even be like out of out of reach but but we'll we'll talk about you know how that is attainable how long it took to get there and and how how are you making that happen big time man so you want to go into the origin story of that e-commerce biz there uh, let's uh, let's hear so you said so it's selling digital videos or selling a membership yep or... yeah we sell we sell memberships to online curricula uh in different martial arts niches so 
I, Nick, I started off in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu space. So if you ever watch that crazy UFC stuff on the television, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is kind of the ground fighting. So chokes and leg locks and takedowns and joint locks and different things like that. That's sort of the martial arts world where I come from. I started just as a competitor, just a guy that wanted to, to really fight and compete. And, uh, and I started a physical gym in my hometown, a little tiny, little tiny town of 8,000 people, a really small place to, to come from. Okay. Um, and you know, there, you know, I, we had, we had, I don't know, we had 80 something students at our peak there. And I've since sold that business, but, um, but in the physical business, we had 80 some odd students. And I was like, man, you know, there's just not that many people in this small town to, to teach martial arts to. And it sort of dawned on me, you know, the, the market for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, for people that want to learn grappling and self-defense, if I could use a lot of these same strategies I'm using to drive people into my physical gym, I could probably sell a lot of these programs on the internet. And, uh, and that's, that's what I did. We turned, we turned our, in, in the, the curriculum I used in my club, the techniques I was teaching my competitors, turned it into an online membership oriented program and then started marketing that across the martial arts world. And by the end of year one, we were breaking 30 grand a month. By the end of year two, we're just uh, a little bit more than two years. We're just starting to break 60 grand. Wow. That's... Yep. So this, this will be our first $60,000 month. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations on that. That's no, it's, it's meaningless. I, I have bigger goals, but it is... <laughs> I think people would be happy to have that kind of no, side man, hustle man, income in a year. Would. Yeah. No, some people would, some people would, that's fine. Um, but we all we all get to make our own goals, right? Absolutely. No, that's that's really cool. So, is there a, a backstory? How are these like? How did you market this thing? How are you getting yeah, these initial get, eyeballs to the? Yeah. So, how did I build the initial audience and all that? Yeah. Let's let's talk about oh, that for a second. Yeah. I mean, you know, Nick, I'll tell you, man. It was it was a it was a grind, like everybody's business is a grind, but but it was worth it um, because it, it's a really nice kind of location independent business, really low kind of personnel requirements in terms of employees and whatnot. Um, but uh, but the way I got it going was I I I, uh, I started off with no real email list, no followership, no nothing fancy at all, really. I mean, I had to learn how to build a WordPress site from scratch. I had done a little bit of that with my martial arts gym, so I, I knew how to build a you know, an opt-in page or something. And I, I think I had AWeber when I started. Mm-hmm. I, I Infusionsoft now because it's a much better tool. But uh, but yeah, so uh, basically the, the initial grind was twofold, Nick. Number one, it was a lot of guest writing. So finding sites that had a lot of traffic and really writing really solid content that linked back to either my own blog or my own opt-in pages so that I could kind of collect an audience if people wanted to hear more from me. Um, and then it was also finding folks with a big following who I could partner up with a little bit and who I could maybe give some value to. So a lot of what I did to start off, Nick, for months is uh, I had some products. Uh, I mean, I had some 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 courses I had filmed, but but basically, I uh, I uh, I took I took all these guest sites I was writing on, and I was I was doing breakdowns of competitions. I was doing breakdowns of technique. I was doing all kinds of different stuff, and I would go to somebody with a really big fan page, Nick, and I would say, Hey. Um, you know, my name's Dan. I don't really have a big email list yet. You know, I'm just getting started, but I know I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really here to, to kind of be in it, to win it. Um, and you know, I, I, I'd love to, uh, to be able to conduct an, an interview with you and potentially be able to feature you on some of the sites that I write for and do something specific about, you know, and then find their expertise. Let's say one of the guys I partnered with, his name was Ken. And, you know, he was, uh, he was, you know, a guy over 40 and he was, he was kind of, you know, teaching folks some different techniques on, you know, let's say arm, arm locks or chokes. So I do an interview with him about that. And then I'd say, Hey, you know, during our interview, I'd say, Hey, Ken, you know, I can, I can 
you know, I don't have a huge email list, but, but I, I can probably get you on like four or five different sites. If I could do that for you, um, you know, would you be all right to share one of my pages for one of my, my free video courses on your fan page a couple times? If I could get up a, a whole bunch of good articles and link back to you, if I could write some good content. And he was like, yeah. Um, and then I, I, I more or less, Nick, wheeled and dealed individual little trades for traffic. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. I like it. Sounds like, yeah, hustling, hustling up some business that way. This is it, man. I mean, Nick, it's old school, right? I mean, I didn't have a rich uncle die. I mean, I wish, I, <laughs> I, I wish we didn't even have to do this talk because there would be no side hustle. It would have just been side money. Um, but that didn't happen for me. So there was definitely side hustle. So I was working you know, 80 hours a week in my martial arts gym. And, and I only had Tuesday and Thursday nights to do this stuff. So I didn't really have much that darn time. So I was just writing articles, posting them and reaching out to folks with a big email list or a big fan page. And then I would interview them and I'd say, Hey, at the end of the interview, I'd say, Hey, I write for all these sites. My, my list isn't huge, but I know that, you know, we covered some good stuff today that I know I could get, um, into these, these other bigger authority sites. If you could send out an email or if you could do some stuff on Facebook and make it a win-win, I would absolutely love to. Get enough people to give you a thumbs up and say yes, write enough really good content, start to build a name for myself. And within, you know, two or three months, I had enough momentum where, you know, we had made a couple thousand bucks in sales in the first couple months. And, uh, and, you know, starting from total scratch, that was pretty cool. And then once I had an email list of my own, then we stepped things up. And by month five, I think I was doing 17 grand. Wow. So let's kind of go back, summarize. So your, your leverage in this case was the, you know, writing for these bigger sites in, in martial arts, in fitness, kind of the related niches. Yes. Yep. And so going after people with a big built in audit, you know, these are somewhat celebrity people in this, in this arena. Yeah. 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 I would find essentially it's not just celebrity folks. Cause Nick, actually there's a, there's a, there's, I, I would, I'd really be understating it to say there's a small difference. I should really say there's actually an astronomic difference between someone who is a, you know, quote unquote celebrity or, or sort of has a monicum of notoriety to the niche and people with an actual digital following. Okay. Um, so people with an email list or a large Facebook fan page are the folks that actually have connections to, to the largest, you know, they, they command attention in a very literal way, um, a very literal button push way. So it's really folks that not only have great expertise that your audience would love, but who also actually have reach, not just a name that would be cool, but actually have reach. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then repurposing those interviews into articles on those sites, any best practices for getting those sites to accept you as a contributing writer? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll tell you the exact way I pulled it off, um, is, is, uh, I would first and foremost, the, the best way to, to, you know, my, my default, and I've done this so many times. I mean, at this point I've written on Boston business journal and tech crunch and you know, the, the Boston globe has an arm for kind of startup businesses right, called data can... Boston. I mean, I've done a ton of this stuff. I've replicated the same thing 400 times. The basic algorithm is this, um, you, you interview someone who is so darn cool. They would love to have that person on like the first page of their site. That's generally the best way to go about it. Is you want to interview somebody, not somebody that's kind of well-known, <laughs> not somebody that they might have heard of. Find the biggest name guy, do a great interview. Not only one, Nick, not only one that is related to, um, you know, related to what they cover. So let's say, you know, tech, tech crunch, they cover a lot of cool tech stuff. So if I interview three or four different you know, CEOs of augmented reality companies, you know, that stuff's kind of gaining some, some traction. It seems kind of cool. 
Um, you know, so, so that's sort of in their wheelhouse. But in addition, it's really nice when you can do it about something that's recent, because a lot of these sites are looking for news and you have a better chance of getting coverage when it's news. If you have a general article about some general insights, it's less appealing than if you talk about the biggest, tra you know, transitions in this industry in the last year, or, or if you talk about, you know, uh, why this winter was a game changer for such and such, or if you talk about, you know, the, you know, experts, perspectives on what's going to happen in Q2 in this particular industry. Yeah. Now, those are those are not only relevant and celebritized, they're also a kind of contextually relevant. So they're relevant right now. And that gives that gives the editor one more reason to run you over the guy that pitched him the general article. Now, so let's, you want to now let's slow yeah. down because sure. we said we, we were scoring these interviews on the basis of writing for these sites. And now we have a circular reference where we're saying yep. we're, we're getting we're writing for these sites on the basis of having these interviews. Yes. Uh, no. So, so, so there's, there's sort of, there's, there's, there's two things to think about here. There's sites that have articles and then there's people that have email lists and Facebook pages. Those are not always the same thing. Right. So there's celebrities that are just big and cool, which by the way, Nick does not imply they have a big email list and can actually make any money on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, but there's celebrities who are just big and cool. And those are the folks that you want to have. You want the biggest and the coolest, whether they have any digital reach or not. You want to interview them in order to, to write for the article sites because the article sites want the biggest names. The article sites don't want the guy that's pretty well known but has a huge Facebook page and can make a ton of money on the Internet. They, they want the biggest names. So if you get the gold medal athlete, even if he's got no digital presence at all, the cooler and more gold medals he's got, the more the content site wants you to write about him. Gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. so, so, so the way, the way you get those guys on the, on the horn initially, the way you get these celebrities on the phone, like you had said, you know, you, you have to say, I write for these sites in order to get them on the phone. But, but now, so there's a chicken and egg problem. The way you solve that is the old fashioned way, which is called a numbers game. The numbers game goes like this, Nick, you collect, let's say four dozen really, really big name folks. You pitch 24 of them, um, that you have your own website, whatever yours is, even if it's like, you know, the website I write in my mother's basement.com, let's say that's the name of your site. Um, so you say, Hey, I write for blah, 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 blah. And, and, um, I'm going to be doing, you know, uh, and I, I wanted to write an, uh, I'm writing an article series about, you know, the seven best or the 12 best such and such in this industry, the 12 best athletes at this, at takedown skills or arm bar skills. Okay. And, and I really wanted to be able to do a, uh, you know, an interview for you. If it goes really well, I'm going to completely pitch this to, to jujitsu legends magazine, because I think that you're totally worth it. So I think in addition to my site, it'd be great. So, so you can't say you write for them, but you can say you're going to pitch it to them. So in the uh, beginning, you just numbers game the fact that you're a scrapper, you're a hustler, you're dedicated to great content, and you want to feature them on your site, which you can guarantee, and that you're going to pitch the other sites. So before you can actually say, I write for, you say, I'm going to pitch to. And you're still going to get a lot of wins there. You're still going to get a lot of wins and a lot of people to pick up the phone. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay, so that's kind of – I really like that way too. And, and that could work in any, in any niche, in any vertical. So really All cool day. I mean, again, from TechCrunch to Jiu-Jitsu Legends Magazine, same darn strategy. You know, hit up 24 big celebs. You're going to get a couple emails back. You get something timely and super relevant and useful. And then you put together some great articles and then hit up the blogs. Yep. Okay, let's shift into the, uh, the email marketing stuff. Sure. So first, first step is getting people on your list. How are you incentivizing that? Yeah, it sure is. So um, the, for, first and foremost, 
you'll want to get yourself some degree of some kind of a blog site. Most folks who are tuned in right now, having some degree of presence in terms of actual articles and legitimate content will be helpful and useful. But in addition to that, Nick, if you want to build an email list, you've got to get a really good reason for people to subscribe to your email list. So I'll give you a little bit of an idea of how we had gone about this in the, in the martial arts space. And again, I've, I, in, for CLV Boost in terms of email marketing, I mean, we've done this for clients in the software world, in the physical therapy world, every, every imaginable business we work with. But, um, but in the martial arts space specifically, my value proposition was I'm a light guy. I weigh about 128 pounds. And, you know, and, and I do a lot of competitions, you know, against really, really big, strong guys. So guys who are much bigger than me. So our value prop is beating bigger, stronger opponents. Okay. So what we wanted to do is create a free opt-in, some, something to incentivize the opt-in that is 100% congruent, Nick, to A, my value proposition, and B, what I'm going to ask them to buy first. So let me explain to you how people screw this up. Um, oftentimes, people will say, oh, man, you know, I'm going to sell like this supplement online. Um, you know, I'm going to get them to opt in for a free ebook about like mental performance or something. And, and then, and then I'm going to sell this mental performance, uh, supplement, you know, really the kinds of people that want to learn about mental performance in terms of like psychology and the kind of people that want to eat pills that do things like that are actually different kinds of people. So you'd be better off creating some kind of an opt in. Um, that that has to do with like a supplement review or supplement ingredient review, something like that. Um, because anybody that opts in to learn about chemicals that they can eat that will improve their performance is actually the kind of person that might pull out their credit card and buy your supplement. So you need your your initial free opt-in, your ebook, your video course. I don't care what it is, Nick. I literally don't care. Um, ebook, video course, whatever it is, um, it needs to be congruent to two things. Number one, your general value proposition. Number two, what it is you're going to ask them to purchase first. Okay, no, that's really that's really interesting. So if you're if you're selling some you know recipe book, paleo recipes for dummies down the line, yep. you know maybe you give here's the first ten something something that's like actually related instead of like you know, just generic how to exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a paleo recipe book, a full blown book, you could, you could totally sell You could do like, you know, seven, seven quick and easy, delicious and nutritious paleo snacks. Like these cost less than package products, blah, 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 blah. But they give you more energy and they're not terrible for you. And I'll show you how to make these seven right away. As you know, I do this cooking thing, you know, full time. We have all kinds of recipes, but I want to show you these because I know you can use them right away and you'll love them. Okay. That's a nice kind of a snippet. It's congruent to potentially, I don't know the value prop of this paleo uh, chef, but if it's hopefully congruent to their their value prop and congruent to what they're going to buy. It's not, what can I do? Let me just put up an ebook of some kind to get somebody to opt in in some way because then I'll somehow be able to email them and they might buy. We need that free thing that they're reaching out for and grabbing with their hands to be very similar to the same kind of reason that they would use to reach out and grab whatever you're going to ask them to purchase. So we need a very congruent opt-in. So for me, it was a three-video series about how to submit uh, you know, chokes and joint locks and those kind of things, bigger and stronger opponents, uh, techniques that had shown themselves to be useful in real competitions at a black belt level um, to beat bigger, stronger guys and explicitly how to do those techniques. So if you're opting in to learn videos to beat bigger, stronger opponents, do you think you're somewhat likely to pay money to learn from a video course on how to be? Yeah. I mean, it's very, very congruent, yeah, it's right? The next, it's the next step. Line. Yeah. It's a pretty straight line there. So it's not like, oh, you know, I got them to opt in for jujitsu leg workouts or a jujitsu nutrition book, and then we're totally going to sell them on techniques. 
It's like, well, no. I mean, even if you got more opt-ins for those kind of things, if you don't have a particular product line that's going to be very, very congruent with that freebie offer, you really want your freebie to be congruent to A, your value prop, B, your first pitch. I like it. I like it. Cool. Glad uh, that was useful. Uh, what happens next? Yeah. So um, ultimately from here, Nick, really we'll want to be able to set up some kind of autoresponder sequence. So if, if I have um, – if I have, here's the mental exercise of how I'll have your listeners tune into. And I was in, everybody who's tuned in, I've, I've been in their shoes. So I was doing the side hustle when I was an undergrad, you know, uh, competing nationally in jujitsu and then doing school all darn day long and then r starting a jujitsu gym out of the back of a carpet store. That was my <laughs> side hustle back then. And then when I went into e-commerce, I was uh, going to graduate school, running a full-time martial arts academy speaking, and then on the side trying to do this e-com thing. So I've been always figuring this this out with a, a fraction of my attention, but now that I've put that fraction of my attention on this for two years, I've kind of figured out some of the nuances. The exercise that you really ask yourself, and this is what I ask myself constantly when when I'm I'm working with myself or with clients at this point, is if someone were to opt in for X, what, let, I don't know what your X is, Nick, but let's say if you have an X and somebody opts in for your ebook, um, in a very ideal universe, uh, what, what is it, you know, you know, you're trying to sell them. Um, what would they be communicated in that, in those next two weeks in order to incentivize them to purchase your X or, or your Y, your, your actual paid product. So if, if every single person could be put in, in an imaginary magic, uh, wonder world where they were sent the precise messages that were most likely to incentivize a purchase, what would that actually look like? What would the, what would, what would be communicated to them? What would they be convinced of? You know, how could you educate them? What would you share with them that would actually incentivize that purchase as much as possible? And then you want to actually build that into an autoresponder sequence. The difference between a new Facebook follower, Nick, and a new email subscriber is a new Facebook follower will see whatever you post next. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. While a new email subscriber might get just whatever your next newsletter is, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever my next newsletter is, you know, Hey Billy, you've been here for two days. Here's my next newsletter. Right, right. He could get, he could get that or he could get what we refer to as an autoresponder. You can do this with very simple software like AWeber, or I'd actually recommend uh, a software called get response for anybody who's tuned in right now or active campaign for anybody who's tuned in right now. I recommend those actually a lot more than AWeber and MailChimp. Um, I could go into why, but just quick notes. If people want to actually be online marketers, I recommend those those tools. Uh, is it slightly better than than the kind of default? All right, I'm on a Weber. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's all good. I, no, no, no hate, Nick. No hate. I mean, I could go on. I could go on and on for days. I think a Weber's just fine, but it's not. It's not just fine if you're looking for like serious ROI. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so y you want to be able to now construct the perfect chain of communication to sell whatever it is that you want to sell based on what they opted in for. Now. The two ways that people really screw this up um, is is they 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 send like three emails total, and they have maybe one of them that actually has an opportunity to to sell. Emails will only get opened like your your first, let's say, fourteen emails. Everybody who's tuned in right now, I mean, there's some rare exceptions, but basically everybody who's tuned in right now, unless you're selling some kind of super personalized, like very professional, like wiggle your tie kind of consulting to the Fortune five hundreds or something, where you you really have like a really high touch, really personalized individual service, not an e-commerce product, um, then maybe you wouldn't do this. But if you're selling anything where someone can add to cart, you ought to be having every single day for the first two weeks, kick out an email. Every you know, day. Go ahead and go ahead and sign up for Audible or Amazon or Wayfair, any of these e-commerce giants that are doing a billion bucks and, and, you know, see how many times you get emailed. You know what I mean? 
It's not once every four weeks. So, so email them every day. And, and, and number two, um, you're only going to get maybe a 10 or 20% open rate on these things, Nick. So if you only have your pitch on email seven of 10, then literally only 10 or, or 20% of people even have a chance of seeing the inside of that email. Never, never mind, you know, shucks. I mean, never mind clicking and buying. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you are going to present an offer, you should spice in your offer in, in soft and in hard ways throughout your entire sequence. So by the time you're done with your first two or three, if you want to kind of indoctrinate and introduce yourself, you should link to blogs that link to your offer, link to your offer directly, link to your offer in a PS, link to a video that has your offer underneath it. So it doesn't have to all be hard push, hard push, get out your credit card. But as you're educating them, you need to leave that buying door open. Because if you send out one email, oh, this is my money email. This is the one. This will do it. That's not going to do it because only 10% of people even see it. So you need light exposure to your offer throughout your autoresponder, and you need at least two weeks of everyday emails in order to maximize kind of initial front-end e-commerce type sales. I could go on for days about all the ways <laughs> I've run my face into a brick wall to learn these lessons, Nick, but I'll tell you right now, if you're asking people to add to cart on the internet and you don't have at least two weeks of everyday emails, I could make you more money by writing them. Yeah, and I trust that you guys have the have the data to back that up with the with the agency. Jeez, eight days a week, man. What kind of content are you are you sending out in those two weeks? You mentioned mm -hmm. some soft sales. You mentioned some harder pitches. Um, yeah, I mean, give me an example of something to sell, Nick. Let's let's use a hypothetical business so people can really kind of live through this a little bit. Give me something that that maybe is I don't know, maybe something you're working on or something that it would be a good example. Oh, you can go back to that paleo, you know, paleo lifestyle, okay. paleo cookbook yeah. recipe. Love it. Okay. So, so this person's selling a cookbook. One thing I would say, um, is this digital or physical? This is a digital product. Okay. Digital uh, product. One thing is, um, with very, very rare exceptions, you are way more likely to go broke trying to pay for your mortgage and your children's college education by selling one-off $17 digital courses. Uh, than, than not. So if all you have is one product, you're usually in trouble. What I would tell that $17, uh, you know, uh, product person is you, you need, you need bigger and deeper offers on the back end. So if that's your first $17 product, that's fine, but we need additional courses, additional videos, additional ingredients, additional anything, uh, to supplement the back end, okay. because if we're if we're done with people after they pay seventeen dollars, we have a really horrendous, like almost offensively horrendous business model that's basically <laughs> worthless. So so um, so essentially, if you're selling small ticket front end stuff, you need a suite of products. You need a suite of products in the back end, and and you can make it so that as soon as they make their first purchase, you move them into a new autoresponder to sell higher ticket stuff. That's its own story. Very similar principles apply. I'll say one thing though: if all you have is one low ticket digital product, you're going to be very hard pressed to you know pay for your mortgage. Never mind like make an extra three grand a month. Um, so that's just one sidebar. But let's just say we're talking about that one front end sequence. What I will say is. We do need more products if you actually want it to be a business, um, and we do need additional automation if you want it to be a business. But if we want to maximize front-end purchases, then yeah, you know, initially the first three emails, Nick, might be, you know, uh, the the first email. So anybody who's tuned in, I've again, man, run my face into the wall so many times, Nick. Oh my goodness, I'll tell you this: like first email, I'll I'll, I'll lay it on you straight. This is like stuff you got to do in your first email. 
Um, you, you, you got to welcome them, say thanks. You got to give them whatever you promised. A lot of people forget that they say they have an ebook and then it's like on email three of the autoresponder, <laughs> but nobody appreciates that. They want to get what you said you would give them. So above the fold, which means in the top of the email in general, we want to link to what we had promised we would deliver on so that people know that we're the kind of person that will give them what they ask for right away. Mm -hmm. Um, so we want to thank them and give them what they ask for. A lot of people forget that it sounds really redundant, but you know, like, uh, uh, geez, a third of the time, it's not even the first email, never mind above the fold. So, uh, so we got we got to give them that right off the bat. Then we want to pre-frame them, Nick. We want to introduce ourselves a little bit and pre-frame them on the benefits of staying subscribed and how awesome it's going to be to learn from us. So it's not just, Hey, here's your thing. Thanks so much. Because then the next email, it's like, oh, well, why do I open the next email? Like, what am I going to get from you? We're going to pre-frame how we transform lives with paleo diets, how, how we've been able to create results, you know, with folks all over the world, and, or how that's at least our mission, even if we don't have those results yet, um, and how in the coming few weeks, uh, we're going to be, you know, peeling back the curtain on, you know, ways to both save money and eat healthier uh, with meals that take almost no time to prepare that are 100% kosher in terms of kind of paleo principles and how, how great the next couple of weeks are going to be and yada, yada. So okay. we're, we're introducing ourselves, what our passion is, and presenting the value of what they're actually going to learn. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's something that I could probably do uh, a better job of. Like, why, why should you stay subscribed? What else, what else can you look forward to? Okay. Yeah, people should be mouth-watering about what they can look forward to long-term. And now here's another thing you want to throw in your first email, if you can, uh, uh, Nick, is, is you want to give them a reason to read even just the next email. So you want to give them the long term. Here's where you want to stay plugged into me. You want to stay plugged into me, Paleo Jeff, because um, you know I'm constantly coming out with new cool recipes, and we get stories from folks and subscribers all over the world who share ways to save money and eat healthier using the principles of paleo um, and, and great recipes and diet stuff uh, and occasionally even exercise tips that will kind of click in with that. Um, and in, in addition, so you got your free ebook today. Tomorrow, um, tomorrow I'm going to be I'm going to be showing you, you know, three uh three, you know, grocery store shopping tricks that I use mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to cut out to cut out the empty calories and spend less time in the grocery store, yada, yada. This is going to help us a ton with our future recipes. And I think these are great tips for you to learn right away from me. Um, you know, stay touched uh, or stay in touch. Enjoy the ebook. And I look forward to catching you tomorrow. You know, so now we've given them the long term benefits. We've given them the why the heck you open my next email benefits. And we've introduced ourselves as an expert who's passionate. Um, and we've also given them what we promised. That makes sense? Absolutely. Well, that's really, really sure. good. Yeah, stay, so that's tuned, stay first... tuned tomorrow for exactly, okay. exactly, exactly. And you don't have to make it salesy and cheesy and, and kind of crap, but but you get the <laughs> idea. We we at least want to give them a reason. It, it, you know, you can make it cheesy, you can make it non cheesy, however you feel like it. But you you do just need to give them a reason, and and that's not like because you're such a deceptive, horrible marketer. It's like because these people have lives and time, and they don't like you yet as like a friend. So you actually need to convey real value, and that goes beyond marketing to like doing a really good job of actually giving value in your business. Makes sense to me. Cool. So, um, so in our next few emails, Nick, generally speaking, we're we're just going to be uh to be kind of in, in educating mode in like your average ecom type deal. We're going to be in educating mode. So we might link to blogs, free videos for the next one or two. You know, email two, email three, possibly even email four. We're just going to be giving a lot of great, awesome content. However, on the like, here's the way I like to imagine it. We're writing autoresponders. I like to your autoresponder is an asset. So your autoresponder is a sequence of messaging that will 
will turn every single email address into a certain amount of money forever, so long as it's up and running. So that's a really, really important asset. We want to think through that very hard. Um, the, the frame I like to put my head in, I'm going to have everybody tuned in, put themselves in this frame. If you have a marketing autoresponder sequence right now, put this frame on your existing sequence and ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, if somebody got this email and they were hot to trot to buy, in other words, this their credit card was literally burning a hole in their wallet. Like they are so darn eager to buy. Today is their buying day. Like their wife called them fat maybe and they want to buy something about, you know, <laughs> weight loss stuff or, you know, uh, you know, new recipes. Maybe, maybe they just came back from a CrossFit class and somebody like really tooled them out on, on paleo, uh, and, and really got them souped up about really changing up their diet. Whatever the case may be, today is a motivated day, not a demotivated day. And this person's hot to buy. If they receive this email, maybe it's your second, maybe it's your third, maybe it's your 12th autoresponder email. Could they buy? Yes or no. If the answer is absolutely no, no way to buy, in my opinion, you're doing something wrong. Um, you know, what I like to do, Nick, is if I'm linking to content on the right-hand side of that free, awesome blog post, I'll at least have the opportunity to put up a couple little banners for some of my books, products, courses, things like that, that are related to whatever that is. So if I have, you know, let's say we're using a paleo ebook man, ebook Steve, mm -hmm. um, you know, paleo ebook Steve has an article about these grocery tips that we just talked about. He's got, you know, three basic principles that he follows to make sure he can save money spend less time buying like the crap at the grocery store, not letting himself get pulled into that stuff. Um, on the right hand side, he can have a banner that, you know, links to his book or at the very bottom of the article, he can say, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and once, once you're, you know, once your pantries are stocked with the healthy stuff, now we can really get down to business and start making some great recipes. If you guys haven't seen my full list of recipes already in my, you know, uh, beginner paleo ebook, uh, be beginner paleo recipes ebook, go ahead and check it out here. And then they can just click and get it. So it's very much non-pushy, but at the bottom of the blog, the right hand of the blog, in some way, shape or form, we take everybody who's really hot to trot, really eager to buy, and we at least leave the buying door open. We do not slam the buying door closed and only open it once every eight days because you know what? Only one in 10 people's even seeing that email in the first place. And so even the hot to trot guys, their, their credit card has to stay in their wallet. And uh, now they're losing out on because on, they want to buy something good, but they can't. And now you're losing out on revenue. So we want to leave the door open, even when we're doing content and sort of soft exposure to an offer. We want it to be somewhere. We want them to be able to find it. Yeah. So it sounds like you're not so much about like the big hyped up, uh, you know, open cart launch, close the cart, you know, two days you later. Can. Yeah, you can. Right. Like, it's fine. I'm not against Jeff Walker stuff. I've done it. <laughs> But, but what I'm saying is for an autoresponder, you don't inherently need to. Okay. And it's also – and I don't believe in like – I don't know. Like you know, an autoresponder that says something like, oh, you know, this page is going down tomorrow. It's like, man, if you're not taking down your page, like don't say that. You, know, you can say it's your last announcement, but don't say junk. Um, so am, am I against doing like the – like boom, hey, I just released this and I added these two things? No, I think you can do hard push emails or quote unquote hard push emails where you're actually letting people know, hey, look, here's a product. I think it's great because of this. It took me a long time to learn this stuff and I think it's pretty darn good. Um, you know, if you want to check out the full shebang, you know, get in on it here. You're going to learn my, my nine best uh, paleo desserts, which in and of itself is going to be, you know, worthwhile to check out. And otherwise you get the entire book plus the, the uh, you know, the recipe ingredient guide that I just added in um, that I think you'll have a lot of fun with. Go ahead and check it out. So yes, spice in those emails. In, in, in my general autoresponder sequence, maybe 
two or maybe one out of six emails will be sort of harder push and I roller coaster those. So I don't just do hard push for the first eight days or something and then go light. I, I sort of roller coaster those. I make them, you know, sometimes hard, sometimes it's light. Um, but I do a lot of content, a lot of free educating, a lot of kind of uh, good, useful, genuine videos, articles, et cetera, that have links or banners or mentions of the product still somewhere there. So if that guy is hot to trot, even though all he's doing is learning, if he's hot to trot, he's got a place to buy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cool. So I do a little bit of both. But yes, do you need a Jeff Walker? Oh my goodness, this is brand new in the universe. No, you don't need that to sell. And you can have an autoresponder that sells a ton and does absolutely none of that. I think the the earlier method you're describing will hit home with with more people. It seems, I don't know. Do you the the other side of it is, yeah. do you get worried about sending every day like that? I I can I can hear the the pushback or the fear like. I, I get too much email already. Like uh, somebody sends me an email every day. I don't like it. I'm afraid well, of unsubscribes. I would, I would encourage everybody who's tuned in right now um, to do this. Find somebody who's making a lot of money in, in e-commerce in your space and then just sign up for their list. And if you know for a fact that this guy could buy a black Lamborghini with the money he's making from this business and he emails like once a week, oh, okay, you know, go ahead and do it. But you know, go to the survival space, the martial arts space. You know, again, go to Wayfair.com. Nick, by the way, quick sidebar, billion-dollar business, okay? They sell home goods and things like mm-hmm. that. They sell, like, chairs, like literal chairs, all right? Not e-books. They sell chairs. I've been, I've um, been an affiliate for them in the past. <laughs> oh, great, great. So, so Wayfair.com. So, so, you know, businesses like that, you know, their volumes, their volumes up there. Um, because again, even when you do send out emails, a lot of them aren't getting open. So the kind of hard reality about the internet marketing space is the same people that are too shy to make a phone call to sell, like the kind of guys that couldn't hold a sales job, oftentimes will hold themselves back from sending out emails because they feel like it's just as intimidating. And that, you know, if somebody, if like one in 200 people or one in 500 people says like, hey man, this is too much email, like that their tears start to well up and they start to sort of cry. And, uh, and those aren't the right people to, to probably run businesses anyway, in my personal opinion. But well, it's, um, a, it's a very it is it is the minority, but it's a vocal minority. Those are the people you hear from. What I would say is people who are out there want to test it. You can test a three day every day autoresponder followed by a once a month newsletter or you can test a 14 day every day autoresponder followed by a one, month, uh, once a month newsletter. You can tell me your monetary ROI. And you can tell me you can tell me how many adamant people really hate your guts as a person and really dislike your entire soul. Um, and <laughs> I guess that the monetary stuff actually will sort of make up for all of that. Um, so some people will be a little bit tentative. Again, part of that is like the same reason that some people can't, like even if it's something they believe in, they can't call people up on the phone and close a sale. Like it's just because they're not they're not comfortable sort of selling. They're they're they they're uncomfortable. Um, uh, in terms of general best practices for e-com and particularly internet marketing sales, uh, you know, getting on them every day is is what sort of the big boys are up to. And uh, if that's like out of a personal fear, like you're going to be hurting other people's lives, like other people are going to suffer more because you're alive. I actually think you're really, really super duper wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for for joining me. I think you brought of a ton man. of a ton of value, and definitely is making me rethink some of my uh, email tactics, autoresponder <laughs> I tactics. I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and definitely some stuff that that I know people will be able to chew on and and implement in their own big time in their own businesses. So um, I guess I'll invite people to check you out at cboost.com and then scienceofskill.com for some of the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the martial arts stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. 
man, yeah, number one tip from Side Hustle Nation. You know, th this was big for me in the beginning, whether it was my martial arts gym as a side hustle or the e-commerce. Build your list. Get yourself a following. If you write on all the big websites and, and all that other stuff, but but you, you don't have access to a bucket of folks who really like you and can hear from you on a regular basis because they don't know you exist unless you write for a website, you don't really own that relationship. So build yourself a list if you want to build yourself a business. That's step one, and that's a big one for all the newbies out there. Sounds good, man. We're going to have to circle back in, in a few months and do you know version 2.0 on, on some of these advanced <laughs> segmentation tactics and all the stuff we, yes, uh, we didn't get into. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, Nick. Thanks. Uh, I've compiled all my notes and highlights uh, from this call with Dan, plus his top email marketing tips in a free downloadable PDF for you at sidehustlenation.com slash 102 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.